Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Lios Enchim Anyavu. Greetings, everyone. May the Creator bless you all. And welcome to my podcast, The Good Do E Medicine Podcast. I'll be your host, Pete Rodriguez. All my native people stand Well, that's really fascinating because in my tribe, our fields are along mostly along the river, the Rio Grande, and we have a lot of deer uh, representation in our culture, but they don't live near us. They live kind of further away. So I've never seen that up any kind of deer coming close to fields up close because they don't come near our fields in the first place. So I think that's really cool that they figured out, at least in other parts of the country, that the deer do come and they like the corn. This is really interesting that you were just um, the conversation you were just having about, you know, it's can be kind of ambiguous as to which tribe they might be from. Uh, so, yeah, when I go down to Oklahoma, um, I go there a few times a year. I was just telling everybody <laughs> maybe last week that I have a list of all the animals I've seen on the side of the road in Oklahoma because this is just something really fascinating. Like I'm seeing a lot of different animals in Oklahoma than I usually see here. Whereas I've never seen deer down there, but we see, that's all we ever see up here. We see so many deer constantly. Like today on my way to work this morning at 8 a.m., I saw one standing right on the shoulder, right? Just on the road, um, not even half mile from my house. And it was just standing there staring at me. I was like, okay, you're not going to get scared and run away. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I just wanted to comment about the what tribe they might be from. I mean, we're guessing they're, I guess they're Creek, right? So they're using the word Chavon. They say Chavon here and there. And that means boy. <laughs> my, my daughter is part Seminole and her grandma gave her a doll this year or this past year. And it was a boy doll, and she's like, we'll call him Chabon. <laughs> so we're like, okay, so this baby's name is Chabon, one of our baby dolls, because that means boy in the film. And so we hear that word in the show a lot. Right? So in my mind, they're Creek Seminole, I guess, but <laughs> it could be anything. Yeah, and I think a couple of them have a, the last name Tiger. And then at the end of this episode, we did see a group of singers uh, together, and those look like they were singing a uh, a hymn together, and that's pretty common in Creek churches. You know what? Going back to the the last singing part, uh, I was watching it with my wife, and she goes, see, those are the ghosts. They gather together, and I'm like, I don't know what they are. But she said they were ghosts at the gravesite. Is that the one you're referring to, AC, the singers? Yeah, I mean, they looked like they were singing maybe at a memorial service or maybe it was a funeral and the song they were singing it sounds like a creek hymn so sterling harjo has previously done a project about creek hymns so to me that sounded like he was portraying that on screen uh but i don't have first hand knowledge of seeing uh, a creek hymn up close so i don't know if, if that's what they were really singing that's just what it appeared to me so they weren't ghosts 
No, I think they were more of like a an homage. Don't you even know how to be a real Indian? Okay, never mind. <laughs> I love that. Scratch <laughs> that. <laughs> I think that's such a good idea. Like maybe they are the spirits. Maybe that that's... that was just some ancestor looking over at everybody. That's what I thought. That's what we thought. But, and then there was a, well, I saw the picture on Twitter and I was examining it and I was looking for Daniel, the the young man um, that passed away. And I'm like, is he in that picture? I'm over in plain investigator. I'm looking at it up close and it doesn't but, look um, like he's in there. No, look at like one, two, three, four from the left. There's a young man like looking <laughs> down. I'm investigating. I had my magnifying glass and I blew it up 110%. No, I'm just kidding. But anyways, um, what about going back to the nation? I, I did watch that Cheryl Lee, that little short Instagram story or video. Isn't one of the creators like said, this is like my, this is like my hometown where I grew up. Um, what nation is that? Isn't he referring to a nation? Where Sterling is that? Harjo? Is that who you're talking about? Yeah, I remember that Instagram. He had a little story and they interviewed him. And this is my, this is a, like That's where my he grew village. up. Yes, his hometown story. in Oklahoma. And what tribe is he from? I wonder if he's pro- Well, I, I, I thought Sterling was Seminole, but he could also be Creek. I, I had this thought while I was listening to um, the show tonight that it, it, it it truly had to be a native person to make not just this episode, but this whole series. Because if you look back at all of the um, shows, movies, you know, media, sometimes you see, you know, a lot of our, our culture woven into storylines and, you know, it usually results because non-natives consulted with native people and, you know, native people, lent their voice and their their consultation to it but they weren't the the creators that took the whole thing you know all the way home but you really get that feel from from this uh series and i just i love that so much and i was just sitting here the whole time watching it thinking we need need more sterling harjo's you know we need we need this so much we need so many more creators out there that go all the way all the way to the top to to create exactly something that is so truly indigenous and native. And I don't mind that it's ambiguous as to, you know, which tribe they are, if they're blending, you know, bits and pieces here. I don't mind that because it's, it's just so welcome. You know, it's, it's so amazing to see so many elements that, you know, just a non-indigenous creator wouldn't have been able to, to get all the way as much as this one. So I'm, I'm really into it. I'm, I'm appreciating that. Yeah, Yolanda, I think you're right. I think the ambig- the ambiguity is intended um, just to make this an indigenous experience rather focus on one tribe. We haven't heard from Naom. So what do you think, Naom? Also, what was the deer name that Billy Jack gave that deer? I totally forgot it. Chunky. Chunk. Chunky. Chunk. Let me write Chunk. that. Chunk, chunk or chunky? Just chunk. chunk. chunk I, I put down big. I don't know why. Chunk. Chunk. It was chunk. All right, cool. I know the storyline was, was pretty, I guess, somber. The wrestling with the 
I guess, the death of Daniel, but it had a lot of funny parts, funny, really funny parts that I really love. And uh, the new person, uh, what's his name? Um, Proud Star. He's from Tucson here in uh, southern Arizona. So it was really cool to see him. I, I was really surprised by his character. Really good acting. I really liked it. And Billy Jack. And there was some touching scenes right there. I almost had something fly in my eye during that one scene in the forest. But uh, something got in my eye. I don't know what it was. What do y'all think about that that piece? So I think that the scenes that they um, they had the, uh, the the slow emotional connections, it was allowing me to project on what really perhaps Daniel how things are going in that direction, and I I'm going to make a guess of what the storyline is going to reveal about Daniel's passing. So I think it has to do with um, suicide because as in all community, native communities, that's one of the biggest things that they need to uh, bring awareness about. So I think that that's probably what the case. And I had thought that actually Daniel was Willie Jack's brother, but it turned out to be her cousin because she, because he called um, her father uncle. So that was another revelation I realized. Yeah. He also said that was at the dance with, Laura Dannon, so right. That was a little another nugget. So she knows more than she's sharing so far in the episodes we've seen her in. It seems like it. Is that the scene where he's standing out in the rain talking to Leon? Yes. To me, that seems like the last time that they would see him or at least Leon to me, it seemed that way. And I was like, wow, this is pretty powerful. So that was a clever foreshadow or whatever you call it. That was when he's coming back from the corn, like delivering the corn in the forest. Is that what you're meaning? Yeah. No, the opening scene, like who's there. And then when, Daniel, oh, yeah. When Daniel creeps up on him, he says the same thing. That's true. Oh, yeah. And he was getting the corn out of his truck. Good observation. Hey, this is Alex. Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead, Alex. We're just chit-chatting. Reservation Dogs, episode six recap. So, popcorn. How'd you like it? Um, I loved it. <laughs> I cried a few times. Yeah, that was sad. Um, but to add on to to, to Shirley's, um, I don't know if you can hear me because I'm driving. So if I cut out, I'm sorry. Or if I join the Matrix, I'll, I'll come back. Um, but to add on to the theory. So I think that it was alluded to before when Alora was talking. She was outside talking to Bear's mom when Bear was upset about his dad not showing up. And she turned to Bear's mom outside and said, you know, you can't make them want to come around if they don't want to. And so I thought she, the way that she looked, she looked so somber when she was saying that, that I think that that might, what happened with Daniel, that might've been her kind of alluding to that, even though we don't know what their backstory is between the two of them yet. Um, but then my, my other, one of my other favorite parts was, um, 
one just when she says stuff white Jesus after she has her long um, talk with Daniel <laughs> at the beginning that cracked me up yep. and what's then up, one of my Jesus? other what's, what's up white Jesus <laughs> um, <laughs> it's when they're in the woods and it's this quiet part where the music um, they're playing with the music and both of them are are sitting in silence just looking around just waiting and then the music would would be really playful and then there would be a noise like a step in the leaves and then the music would stop and then they would both look in the same direction and then they'd look back to the center and then the playful music would start up again and then they'd hear a noise in the other direction and they'd stop (laughs) it would the music would go quiet so I thought that that was that was fun the way that they played with the music to track their their sight um with that so I thought that was pretty cool too Speaking of music, I liked how they used it when the um, the hunters' cameras. Um, there's like so many all over different trees, and they're actually catching them in different moments. So I thought that was hilarious. And then of course the turkey, right? Oh yeah, that was hilarious. The turkey, and the you're talking about the trail cams, right? The hunters use right, right. That was pretty funny. I love that. And my wife, she was like, what are those? I had to explain what the trail cameras are. Just think of them as uh, security cameras around your house, but tracking deer, whatever they're hunting. And the war paint, that was pretty funny too. But it got sad. From the Halloween store. <laughs> yeah, then it got sad when she said, "Um, you're messing up my war paint when they were thinking about Daniel. That was a touching scene, but uh, he's brought out some little laughter in there after a while to... But yeah, and her dad was telling her, "What well, do you know what to put in that thing or all the ingredients in that stuff? That was pretty funny. I love that part too. You know what I learned also was, uh, well, not only are we learning about what backstrap is, right? But that jerky put into the freezer can last for quite a while. Ooh, yeah. So if anybody in the audience wants to come on up and chit-chat, we're just doing popcorn, uh, reviewing, uh, discussing episode six, Reservation Dogs. I'm going to invite up a couple people, see if they want to come up. You don't have to, but I'm going to invite some people. So does anyone else here have the idea of Bigfoot as part of their traditional knowledge or teachings? Um, because I know my sister-in-law, she's Paiute, and in their community, they consider Bigfoot a relative, and he's a good entity. So I always thought that was interesting. Ooh, Paiute? Interesting, yes. Well, So we had this conversation earlier about the whole um, character of, of the, uh, the figure in the suit with the red eyes and I was watching this with my father and he kind of laughed and he's like, you know, for, for the Navajo people, he said, is that the howler? The whole Navajo cops episode where there were these two eyes that came out of a cave. I remember thinking that it was a skinwalker. So we kind of laughed about it, but um, then I was having another conversation and the, the thought came up. And so in my PTR is this, photo that linked me to Sterling Harjo's um, IG page and it was actually Blue (laughs) 
who mentioned that um, he was just a hunter in a ghillie suit with night vision binoculars. So that was the other component. Maybe the guy was really just a hunter walking around. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> I was wondering what that was. And I like <laughs> Naomi's um, PTR, too. It looks creepy. But you're totally right. It could have been. So what I got from this episode, having grown up in eastern Oklahoma, which is Muskogee, you know, Creek Nation territory, um, Creek and Seminole are share the same language. They are the same language, just different dialect between Oklahoma Creek, Oklahoma Seminole, and Florida Seminole. It's basically all the same language. Um, so the figure in the opening to me and from stories that were told to me by my elders is not a tall man. We do have a tall man though and he's super scary and he is exactly what his name says him to be. He's a tall man. He stands as tall as the trees. So this Honka I'm sorry, this Honka is monster in Muskogee. This Honka in the opening is actually, for me, I think, a Stegini. Oh, God. I feel so scared talking about it. And a Stegini is actually an owl who is the size of a man. Oh, God. So scary. Oh, my God. <laughs> and also, um, I, I always appreciate that Sterling, you know, he shares um, the Creek Hems. That Creek Hem at the end um, always gets me. That's what we grew up singing in church. And I feel like the, the people in the ending are spirits because they're they they went to the cemetery and that's what most Creek Seminole cemeteries look like is they they have the old time spirit houses so the your loved one has somewhere to come back to so I feel like those are spirits but um I really I really enjoyed this episode I think Willie Jack is so cute Um, I like that. I like the part where her dad, her uncle says, you know, I want one of these for Christmas. And she's like, well, I'll get, I'll get you one right now. And and then they try to take it off the tree. I thought that was really funny. But, um, the, the monster in the beginning, I mean, I'm still a little scared right now. Well, so Neil, so those little houses, you said they're called spirit houses in the cemetery. Yeah. Yeah, they're spirit houses. And for me, this episode is is absolutely like a, a Creek Seminole story. Blue Adams can't join right now. Thanks, Naomi. Always learn some really cool things. So they are spirits. And look at the fourth person. I think that's Daniel. Look at it closely. Shall we? 
And then, why do we always get spooked when we talk about a couple of these things? But going back to your question, Nia, in our culture, we live in the Southwest Desert. Nothing but big old giant saguaros and choya cactuses and prickly stuff and things that'll bite and and kill you. So there's no there's no big feet, Bigfoot. But I did hear the closest thing is there is like a desert area. I don't know like a migration path that goes through some part of Arizona up north towards Flagstaff towards where there's actually pine trees and trees but no no big feet no bigfoot down here the hot desert nope nothing yeah going back to what Shirley was saying I watched it with my mother and we both gasped when we saw the figure because to us anything in the the woods with red eyes and that right. tall is not, <laughs> not friendly. You run, right? You sound like you have experience, Nia. <laughs> you run, you take off. I do, but it's dark and I can't right. talk about it. You <laughs> can't talk about it after when it gets dark. We're going to have to do this during the daylight. Yeah, I've heard some scary talk about skinwalkers, but yeah, it does get scary when you talk about... See, I even got funny when I talked said that, because another friend of mine was talking about it, and they're real, but that's over towards the western part of the nation. Yeah, you do freak out. I'm starting to freak out talking about that, but yeah, it's real. It's weird. Yeah, so in my um, community, my tribe, we're uh, Muskoki from Iowa, but we're related to the we're of the Algonquin family. So we're among um, Cree, Ojibwe, Odawa, Potawatomi, Menominee, Kickapoo, Sauk, and then uh, more distantly, all those eastern woodland tribes. Those are eastern Algonquin. And so that... Um, that the story of uh, Bigfoot or Sasquatch is that our people, all all of these tribes, I think pretty much probably all of them have that that spirit in their um, stories. And for us, it feels like everybody's just scared of them. You know, it's a scary thing to think, imagine seeing. Where we live, um, we we have settled in a small miniature woodland area in the middle of Iowa. And it's big enough to see some, you know, hear really scary stuff. Really scary things happen here. But it's not so big like when you go to California and you hear all, all the sightings of Bigfoot. So it's not that extensive. I don't know anybody who has ever said they've seen a Sasquatch. But there's always a lot of, you know, f- fear about it and, and worry that that's who we're hearing from or seeing when we get glimpses of something out in the woods. But the red eyes really threw me. I thought, okay, this could be Sasquatch, but then the red eyes, I, it doesn't align with what I imagine ours looks like. Ours is a little bit taller, too, and I don't think his hair is as long. But we definitely have that. And, um, well, as it turns out, just something that I learned is that it's not necessarily a bad spirit. It's a powerful spirit, really powerful, one that you can um, pray to if you're, if if that's somebody who's there for you, you can, you know, put spirit food out for them and pray to them. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but I just know everybody's really scared of them. So yeah, pretty spooky, <laughs> scary stuff. 
I hope I never see them. Yeah, I I just wanted to add. So when the um, the dad was putting out the corn, I took that as he was putting out an offering um, to to the land and the the animals in general. Because like at first you couldn't tell what it was, but then later he says that it's corn, and it seemed like it was processed corn. So like, put a lot of effort into it. Um, and that's what, uh, you know, that's what we were taught to do. Uh, we believe in like all of the above, uh, no dear woman, but, um, something that we would do is make offering to the water to, um, I don't know, just, just like as a prayer. And, um, I, I was wondering if they, if they did a similar thing, but it, it made sense that, um, he did that in the coincidence that he saw the tall man at the same time is maybe that's who it was for. Um, yeah. And, and the fact that it, it wasn't their land anymore and they went into the discussion about that. So they don't own it. And there was this no trespassing sign, but they still go back there. And that's why I thought it was kind of like an offering to the land caretakers of the land hey that corn that they poured out or he poured out is it's a it's a baiting tactic like when you go hunting you could put feed corn and it said it right on the bag it said deer corn right and i think they did that purposely because discussions like this would happen for non-hunters but what they do is they lay out that corn just to get the deer to munch it and usually you're up in a deer stand or you're behind a makeshift, you know, like what they were sitting behind um, hunting when they went to that scene where the young kid, Gabriel, and they were all talking, you know, and he was hungry. He starts yelling like, I'm so hungry. And so there's that's how, um, you know, that the big buck that comes along, he was stooped and he wasn't walking. He was feeding on that corn when they took him down. If you want to go rewind it and look at it, what he was he was eating. Was that was that um, feed corn? And so one of the cool things about it is that, you know, they talk about this legendary buck. Right. And when Indians talk about stuff like that, right, they, they become tall tales in a way they may be considered spirits. Right. And in Oklahoma, like when you talk to Sterling about catfish and that's why it's so big, you know, when they um, there's even tall tales, you know, like even in Cache, Oklahoma, amongst the um Comanches about you know the different types of catfish that are that people you know have caught and people that um you know they just they just go and talk and they become tall tales and that's why it's kind of funny and ironic that they say catfish is life for one they're always talking about it and the other the other aspect is they eat a lot of catfish you know which is really interesting so that that's just bait corn is what it, what it's called and then you can go to any feed store and get it and set it out and generally they they scatter the area before they hunt and you know it's a small chance that you'll get a deer or two to come by if you're up in a tree stand thanks tracy are you have you ever hunted deer what's that have you ever hunted deer yeah we've we've gone deer hunting up in wisconsin i get um hunting rights through my wife's tribe um, and fishing rights, you know, so we, we do a lot of that up there. 
And um, hopefully, if we get a tag this year, we can go elk, hunt, elk hunting in Pennsylvania. Charlie, is that another uh, ghillie suit? It's just a ghillie suit. Put some red night vision goggles on and you'll be okay. I'm still running the other way. So can I share one thought I had? <laughs> when he was scattering that corn, the first thing I thought was the last episode, Dear Woman. And I was like, is Dear Woman going to come eat this corn? Like, I literally thought she might show up, show up <laughs> because of that corn. <laughs> but that wasn't the case. So really recapping uh, episode six, Reservation Dogs. We do this. Hopefully for the next, the season got renewed, so I'm really excited about that. But I think there's two more, episode seven. I think they're doing a final season finale. What do you think? Um, We can go back to, you know, back and forth. But what do you think they're going to do with the finale? You think they're going to bring something with the... With Daniel back, or are they going to reunite everyone? I know they're going like like every little episode is one of the characters. First it was, El, uh, what's her name? Eladora. I think there was Bear, Cheese, Billy Jack. Who's left? Um, Daniel. I don't know. And the season finale, I'm trying to, I'm trying to like guess what's that going to be. Hopefully, are there seven one. episodes, or going to be eight? This is eight. eight. So there's one more episode, episode seven, and there's a season finale. That's all it says. So that'll be eight. I'm trying to figure out. Well, I'm trying to guess what it'll be. Anybody else have any guesses? Did we get a, a Laura story yet? We did not, right? I thought. I don't think so. Yeah, not yet. And I think it's what Shirley was mentioning earlier. I think we're going to find out more about Alora and what she does or doesn't know about Daniel. And uh, we heard Willie Jack mention several times that uh, Daniel was among those who really wanted to go to California. And the person who seems to be most excited about going to California is Alora. The other ones are excited too, but not as as I guess she seems very intent on on going to California. So I think it's going to be what Shirley mentioned. It's we're going to learn more about that in this, these final two episodes. In this episode, you know, um, Willie Jack, you know, she ends up sharing why she wants to go to California so she can be all these different, you know, people that she can't, she doesn't feel she can be in Oklahoma. And so I, I thought that was interesting, whether it was being a fighter, whether it was being a dog catcher or um, just some figure that she figures L.A. will have a better uh, opportunity. And I think that's just the daydreaming, right? And most in all, all tribal communities, you daydream that somewhere else is going to be better than where you are. And then her father reminds her that, you know, you end up coming back here. This is your home. I found that so true as well. And yeah, but towards the end, I was watching this with my wife. She says, Willie Jack, she says she's not going. She's not going to California. Is that what she told Daniel at the grave at the cemetery? I missed that part. I have to watch it again. But my wife says, swear she says, she says she's not going to go. 
I might be wrong. Yeah, I got that feeling too, like that she was saying. She was kind of backing out, changing her mind about it. Or just saying how hard it would be to leave. Did anybody else anybody else get that or is it just... Do you want me to, you want me to play that? Because I just found it. You mean that part when she's talking to Daniel yeah. and says like, I'm pretty sure she mentions it or says, I'm not going to go. It's going to be harder. Like literally it's says, hard. I'm not going. Yeah, if you want to play it, go for Let's it. See. All right. So I think that was that part. She says she doesn't know. She doesn't know. She says it's really hard. So definitely having spending time with her father in, in the uh, hunting um, day, I think, is, is helping her kind of get some clarity. But I think they're, you know, it, they're all still hurting. It's only been a year and they haven't yet processed and really talked about what happened with Daniel. Um, but his behavior was also the last hunting um, party they had. Uh, you know, he was yelling. He, he had no patience and he was they both looked at each other father and daughter and they knew it was time to go well talk about profanity <laughs> that yeah. whole scene was a bit much well i was curious on what people thought about the timeline of that so maybe shirley do you think that yelling incident occurred after or before he, Daniel, and the dad had that brief conversation at the truck? I think the it was conversation before. was the last night he was alive. No, no, no. The uh, the one when they were hunting first, all three of them. And then the last was when he was in the streets, in the street, talking to his uncle. Right. The That convo, I thought, like, he, he'd passed the next day. Yeah. Or too. that was the last time they talked. Sure. Well, Shirley's referring when they were hunting and, uh, yeah, he just freaked out. He just started yelling and screaming. He wanted to go home and he started cussing and yelling at the woods and Leon and Willie Jack just turned and just left and that part. Yeah. He said he was hungry. Right. So, uh, I don't know. I feel I like it's a bit extreme for hungry. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he was maybe reaching. I don't know. I don't know what I get from that scene. Hey, people act weird with low blood sugar. Could be diabetic. Yeah. Yeah, he needed that greasy fry bread to get him over. That jerky. That's been in the meat fruit. pies. He was hungry for meat pies. Hey, Mark. It's welcome. A, Oh, sorry. Go he ahead, Yolanda. Um, was there was there profanity when he was yelling around? Because I didn't. Oh God! I yes. I didn't even notice that. I don't know why. What? And I think it's funny that everyone's so sensitive. I to could it. say I could see <laughs> I Mark not noticing. That's Murgatroyd. But <laughs> good God. God! You want me to play it? Because I can play it. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna say Charlie can probably play it, but he like cussed every. Oh. Word out in Let, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Freaking N- alphabet and use God. Cover your ears. Was he standing with the spirits at the end? I'm if they are spirits. You. Yes, Grace. That's what I'm saying. Those were spirits. And if you look at the picture, you could probably find one on Twitter. I'm I think it's you, a woman. I think it's not. There's Daniel. a lot of women, but there's one like it's the fourth or fifth one from the left. There's like a young man looking down. I think that's Daniel. I think it is. 
I, whether or not I saw him, I definitely felt that he was there. Like, I thought that was the point. Like, these are the ones that come out. Right. These are the ones that left. Those are the spirits from that particular little cemetery. I think the hollering in the wood. Hi, everybody. Hello. Um, But I really, I really love the show. And I love sitting in the audience and listening to these conversations every week. But um, I think the hollering in the woods that he was doing was to show that he was dealing with some kind of mental issues. Because like someone said in the beginning of this conversation, I think we're leading to um, the knowledge that he died by suicide. So I think that's what that 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 scene was showing. Right. That's why we put a trigger warning on the next Neil for doing that, because it is uh alluding to suicide and I think he was like acting out reaching out or angry that's what my wife said like he's yeah needs help and they just walked away so they feel a little guilty and they're trying to you know the whole thing they start crying in the woods it was it was a it was a some heavy scenes right there but yeah so I think that's perhaps the uh conversation and discussion that this episode really wants people to start you know having in our tribal communities the high rate of our youth committing suicide and what's leading up to this um, component. It's so uh, overwhelming that, and they alluded to it in this episode also about the fact that, you know, if you go somewhere else, you'll be, you have a better chance or you'll be something better. And it's, it's uh, not always the case um, where Leon's trying to express that to Willie Jack, but, the youth are just having such difficulty finding that support or something to do in these small towns, which I think a lot of rural communities face. Hey, AC, I think we need like Todd because he's really good with data and statistics. If he could throw in some. Well, I mean, I think it's what Mark alluded to, just said. I think the episode is alluding to that. It was his last night that we, that anybody saw him. And I think that's why it was uncomfortable to see, you know, the dad was reaching out to him and saying, oh, I don't need your help right now, but we're definitely going to take you out again. And Daniel did look distressed, but what actions could the father take? Like what could, what could he have done? That's so that was his uncle. Yeah. That was his uncle. Yeah, the uncle. Yeah, sorry, the uncle. What what could he have done? And I think that's what is is difficult going into these final two episodes to talk about. If he would have known, he would have said, "Actually, I need you, and I need you here. I need you to spend the night because we're gonna we're gonna need you in the morning and stay here with us." But he didn't know. He didn't know that's what he should have said. Instead, he's just like, hey, take this jacket so you're warm. I think something really also triggered with whatever conversation that might come up in the next episode with Alana. Uh, Alana uh, Alora, I can't say her name. Alora Dannon. I combined the two names. Alora Dannon. Yeah, I think based on her behavior, I think... On top of his pain, I think she was the last straw that broke the camel's back. Maybe she rejected him. Ouch. Yes. And that's why she is so gun ho about California. So she has a guilty conscience. Not that it's her fault, but to her it is. 
So Pete, um, I don't know if you want to do a little quick room set, uh, what we're talking about and invite anybody else from the audience if they haven't already. Okay, Shirley. Thought you were going to play that clip. But before she does that, she's looking for it. We're going to, we're doing this uh, recap and discussion, Reservation Dogs. Today is episode number six. We're going to do this every Tuesday. Episode seven is next week and episode eight, aka the final finale is in two weeks, so we're going to do a recap on those. They're really popular, so this session is being recorded, and it's available on my podcast. So last, if you missed last week's, it's on my podcast right now. It's really funny. It's really good. A lot of good stuff in there. So this one also will be on the podcast. I'll load it, upload in a couple days, but um, we're just doing popcorn style. Tell us, Let us know what you thought about it. What was your favorite scene? What you didn't like about it? Also, you know, not to like everything about it, but um, also... Let's see, we're going to, you can come up to the audience, just raise your hand, Sarah, Daisy, Chola, Blue, Heather, Joel, Nicole, just raise your hand and one of our moderators will bring you up. And we're just doing popcorn, just if you like a scene, the messed up war paint, we talked about the sup white Jesus part, we talked about the tall man um, in uh, legend, folklore, it's real, uh, Bigfoot. Um, the subject about suicide. Um, also, the scenes, um, Daniel, his death, you know, different areas. The trail cam, a lot of fun fun parts. Funny parts, I'm sorry. Um, and also the final farewell. I call it the final farewell. The last scene, I think there were spirits um, singing a really nice song. So I'm looking forward to episode seven. I think it's going to reveal a lot of these little questions. Like, we're like, well, is it this? Is Daniel and Elora? Did they, something happened there? What happened? I think they're going to do a flashback and actually sh- reveal something. Either on that seven or eight, the final uh, grand finale or season finale. We'll see. We'll see. But we'll be here to talk about it for sure. I think the tall man in the forest is what Shirley has on her um, profile pic. I think it's the hunters. And I think that is showing that the hunters are actually the monsters because now they own the land and um, the people, the indigenous people are just going over there to hunt, but they no longer own the land. So I think that that, I don't know, that's just what I thought when I saw the monster. Yeah, it's, had some funny parts where they crossed the nope trespassing and I think Willie Jack asked her dad, we don't own any land. Indians don't own any land. We took it all. But let's see. Welcome. Haley Chola Conchelos. Welcome. We're just popcorning if you want to see how you like the episode or any parts of it. I've been watching, I binged the whole series, Pete. I love everything. I love White Jesus. I love the cussing. <laughs> I think I think Willie Jack is just, the queen of every damn thing I believe in. <laughs> Willie Jack, the president of the earth. Isn't she just the best, man? There's no the bullshit going on Everybody there. loves her, yeah. this was a, What did you think of the episode overall? It was kind of somber with them Yeah, with- you know... Uh, Many of our communities are struck by suicide and in our own families as well. So I, you know, I could, I, I sensed it uh, in the way that others here were describing um, 
alluding to uh, the fact that um, this young brother died by suicide because there's a feeling about how they're talking about him that is very familiar to me, uh, who has had some suicides in her family too. So, uh, but are you, I'm sorry, white Jesus. I was, oh no, oh no. I was like, <laughs> I thought I was lose it right there. I, um, there are things that are said, there are gestures and there's a physicality in this series that is so, innately native and I'm Chicana, but you know, I have native people in my family, of course, you know, it's very familiar to me, a lot of this. And I love that. It, make, it makes me feel like I'm home somehow. So I just wanted to say I'm, I'm a big, big fan. Um, a friend of mine's a photographer and she'd been in Wyoming for some art residency thing and <clears throat> was driving and ended up in an Indian museum and she, you know, went, she was going to pay the money to go in. And the brother who was at the door said, oh, no, he said, Native people don't pay. She said, well, you know, my people are, I'm Mexican, Chicana, and, but there's Waztec people. He goes, oh, no, he goes, you're one of us. <laughs> he saw her bones, you know, <laughs> it's like, so anyway, I'm just extending solidarity um, celebrations here. I think it's a, a way needed series. You know, I hope it goes on forever and more to come from other talented young voices. It's such a relief to hear them and see them. So thank you, everyone. Just an aside, uh, Pete, for some reason your voice sounds very soft, but maybe it's on my end. I, maybe the others don't, don't, don't aren't uh, nah, hearing No, it's super that. quiet. <laughs> well, Pete is a DJ podcaster, right, Pete? I'm using my DJ this voice is a story, right now. A show that natives watch and natives talk about. That's weird because this sounds really perfect on my headphones, and when I play back on the podcast, it sounds. You sound good now. It sounds perfect. Um, it sounds perfect, but I wonder if it's the spatial audio it's thing. It's a spatial like, is thing. It as if they walked, it's supposed to be like they walked in the room, right? Like maybe you're at one end of the room and they're at the other end. Yeah, Yolanda, you're on my right. It's yeah. It has what? to do with that also. And then AC was behind me, and Pete's on my left. Whoa! Y'all just. Need but to now buy, I'm next to you. Y'all just need to buy better <laughs> headphones. Bougie headphones. Also, I think the rest of us are pretty fucking loud. Now I sound great. I have my DJ voice, and now introducing to the stage we have Haley. Hello, or not? Hello. Okay, so they have season two already confirmed. Yes. I get the pacing now. I didn't understand the pacing the of pacing. the individual episodes. Right. Oh, you think they knew before? Hey, we're going to get in season two. So I think, we're gonna, I think Taiki, we're gonna I think Taiki do it made a deal. This I think Taiki was like, dude, we're going to at least do two seasons if I got to pay out of my own nose and we're going to happen. Right. And we're going to fashion it and do it this way right for the first season yeah because i know we're gonna come back right and i think they did it because like we're gonna work if we don't do a res pace it ain't gonna be a res show and it's not gonna be what we want and so i get like why like i didn't get it it's like why at the why are there these gaps like like these editing choices where why are these scenes like drawn out where are these moments of like silences and paces and i didn't get it like the whole thing is kind of slow right 
Like there's not a phonetic energy to it. And then I was like, and then after season two clicked, it was like, cause y'all knew you had a season two and you knew you could take your time. Now I get it. And then you get an episode like this one and the one before where like each character gets to stretch their legs and really, really be who they are. And you kind of get to explore their inner workings and see, you know, we got them to hang out in the woods for like 20 minutes. That's a bold move for a TV show. (laughs) I don't know. Have you seen Life Below Zero? That's all in the woods. (laughs) Mark. Yeah, but it's not like an in the woods show. You know what I mean? In the woods show. Yeah, for for a show that's described as a thirty minute com- comedic sitcom, for them to take these kind of choices, that is really uh, fascinating, and it's a great way of telling the story in a way that I think we like a lot better than if it were a traditional sitcom. You know what I'm observing when they're doing these scenes is how much they're actually saving not being in a studio. They're actually using natural landscaping. And what does it take to do this hunting scene? Well, they have the forest. They don't need any particular great uh, natural lighting is what they're using. The scene with Daniel, uh, Willie Jack and her dad, that's it. And it's just, I keep thinking about how much... Um, they're able to do like a lot of cost sa- cost savings in this community. Oklahoma is a lot cheaper to shoot at than Los Angeles. Yeah, like um, what Chola Conchello said about the um, the familiarity in the show. I've been doing a lot of research and studying about the indigenous roots of Southern gospel music and Southern spirituality, and um, even the fables. Like there is a big a big monster, the big tall monster in some of the um, southern fables that are still alive. My, my, my people are from Mississippi, that are still alive in Mississippi. And when I was watching the episode with the uncle, oh my goodness, that was the funniest episode with the uncle, um, with the deer in the back. <laughs> I mean, and the weed plant, the weed buried underground, but um, some of the stuff that he was doing, like spitting and um, the owl, the eyes of the owl, I was like, okay, all of this stuff is still alive in um, Southern culture in um, the Mississippi area. And this last episode with the beautiful Creek music at the end, I was like, that's that because um, it is I, I think that was just that's the it's showing the base of gospel music. And so I've been doing a lot of um, studying on the indigenous roots of gospel music. And I, I it was beautiful to see that um, on television. I've heard it on um, YouTube and stuff, but it was just beautiful to see that. Aja, I, th- I agree with you. It shows a lot of the, the historical um, connections where families um, came together or peoples came together, whether it was on the Trail of Tears and that connection of um, slavery and the intermixing of religions. And they kind of just, it was right there. I agree. On the issue of familiarity, I felt like I've been in Willie Jack's house before. (laughs) Is that your trailer? (laughs) No, it's like, that's my cousin. I've been over to my cousin's place before. 
we have FEMA trailers over on Pine Ridge. You know, we've we've moved upscale from the tongue and groove for mica paneling. We now have drywall. Moving on up to the east side. Oh, I need that clip. Darn. What was it called? Different strokes, right? Jefferson's. That was the Jefferson's. Yeah, it's not working. Pete. I just wanted to, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry, Maria, go ahead. Um, on this question of familiarity, there is a feeling of comfort for me as a viewer to watch things that feel so familiar and yet I don't really know these people, these particular stories, but there is a, uh, like, oh, you know, we say that, we do that. Well, it may be a trailer, but it might also be a little house in East L.A. <laughs> I got news for you. <laughs> so it was, there's, but the sense of humor, I think, is one of the things that really rings true for me. Um, uh, kind of the tongue-in-cheek and and uh, the things the things that turn out to be funny but are spoken um how could I put this? Uh, there's not a lot of emphasis to it, but there's this ridiculous sense of humor going on the, the whole time, like a, 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 a subtext. Um, and and I really enjoy that. I enjoy recognizing it. And uh, so, there, yeah, there is a feeling of comfort as a viewer to see something I needed to see for probably a long time. So I just wanted to talk about that. Thanks. I like the very fact that there's some sophomore and I want to say Haskell who's writing a critical theory paper in their senior year about the phrase <laughs> sup white Jesus. Cause that's happening right now. I just want you all to know that I know it's happening. A critical discourse about sup white Jesus, the Willie, the Willie Jack story. Sup white Jesus. Oh, er, uh, Mark. This is for you, Mark. We got some sheetrock. We ain't got no panels. And that funky panels from the 70s. All right, sorry. Okay. I think it's funny that most of us are so desensitized that we did not hear that cussing. Yeah, that sounded really natural. I was just... It didn't even flinch, I guess. What I've heard about, and like I've been in the audience and people have been talking about the cursing. Are there actually people not watching the show because of the amount of cursing? I I think there's a little bit of pearl clutching going on. Is that from an older population or? That's what, yeah. That's what I got from the other conversation. Mom and dad and my grandmom and Nana. Too much cussing. If I was to watch that episode where it's like, you cunt ass deer with my mom in the room, I might flinch. Yeah, I, I'd, be, <laughs> I I'd be grimacing a bit. The funny thing is, I feel the same way, Mark. I wouldn't, in front of my mom, because she's in like her 80s, I would like, oh my goodness. But 
the second episode, my son, her grandson, was watching it. And I'm like, you're playing this in front of her? So it's a different relationship. So she was laughing through the whole thing. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I would never play this in front of her. (laughs) Funny. I think it was Yolanda. Whose child dropped the F-bomb just from watching Reservation yeah, Dogs? Last week I shared that about First the time. episode before because <laughs> I actually, my whole life is all about kids' videos and everything G-rated. It's been that way for the past four years. And then this comes along and I, I would, it didn't even occur to me, you know, to kind of like shield her ears or anything. And then that bartender scene when Uncle Brownie walks into the bar after all those years and the bartender goes... She was like, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. She's almost whispering. <laughs> my daughter, well, my daughter woke back up, so she's awake now. But my daughter repeated it exactly just verbatim right after that. <laughs> I was not prepared for that. I didn't know what to say to her. Also, I, I, actually, I actually think the line, like the line of the season so far is still Willie Jack. Tell your friends. Well, I don't have any. Go get some, Dan. Fuck. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah following every statement with fuck that's like very very spot on common to my community here so that yeah. that feels like right at home oh, for real it's awesome it's <laughs> too funny one of one of my students former students i hadn't talked to the guy in like six years but uh said that he's like <laughs> He says that the way that they say studious and Skoden, unironically, he says, nobody does that. I'm like, well, maybe these kids do. Maybe they're just a little bit more country than you. Yeah, Skoden sounds different in my community than how they did it on the show. And <laughs> when they said it, I was like, wait, they're not even saying it right. Yeah, that's how <laughs> that's, right. that's yeah, what my yeah. reaction was. <laughs> like, they're not there's, like, it right. there's, there's like a microsecond disconnect, you know what I mean? Skoden. Yeah. Skoden. Skoden. But, uh, but, you know, I, in my community, half the time you say Skoden, it, it's either because you're about to fight somebody, so you say it aggressively, or you're about to kick in or, like, start start your three-day bender drinking. It's one of the two. I didn't know we needed a proclamation, but okay. That is so true, Yolanda. Your inflection, depending on the situation you're going to use it for, you definitely have a definite... A, a definition on that phrase. Scoding. It can mean all kinds of things. Whatever you're gonna do with it. It's to the point where I now just say, "Let us go." Then. That's so funny. Tracy, a job. Heather, Lynette, Lynette, Lynette. I'm looking uh, forward to talking about the next uh, episode you guys are I, I i'm leaving shortly but i wanted to say how much i appreciated uh, pete the room Shirley, <laughs> and everybody here who i might have seen before or just saw now for the first time and just and aja that discussion about the relationship between uh, black spirituals and uh, and native people is very deep and i i wish you luck and i think it's a beautiful um investigation so anyway, uh, see you guys next week. Sending big love and white Jesus. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for joining. Yes. Chola con cello. And we'll be back next week.
See you, Maria. Awesome. I'm going to do a quick recap. Reservation Dogs, Episode 6. Recap and discussion on Good Day to Be Indigenous Club. And I think everyone follows it. If not, you can just click, click the little greenhouse. And in the audience, we have a lot of people. I think they're just kicking back, listening to us, chit-chat, laugh. But if you want to come on up and uh, join us, just raise your hand and one of our moderators will bring you up. Oops, I hope I don't. Did Hallie come come back in? Is Hallie here? I don't. Oh, I do see her. Yes. I'm here. It's just very loud in the background. Oh, nice. Well, uh, do you have something to share with us to add? We can hear you just fine. Yeah, Haley, this is an indigenous room. We try to decolonize noise, so you're fine. I think you need one of your sound effects, Pete. Haley, go ahead, Haley. Sorry, my kids came that's running right. up as soon as you guys said hello. No, that's um, quite all right. So, I was just thinking about the um, part where Daniel's yelling and how many of us have lost people to suicide and that big, what people would consider a freak out is like, sorry, there's a lot going on around me. Um, you know, that they saw it as he, you know, he's always acting up. Um, and when you mentioned Alora and her feelings towards the situation, I know a lot of us grew up in small towns where, you know, you have a lot of people who are close like that. I know where I grew up, there were two options for what your life path was going to be when you grew up. And that was either a drug dealer or working in aerospace. And I know... For myself, um, at the, I think it was in the first episode, when they said, um, sorry, my kids are in the background, uh, always, when they said, you know, this place got him and it'll get us too, I feel like Alora feels like there's so much more out there in the world and the only way, you know, it's going to get, or I'm sorry, I'm very distracted today. Um, you know, the town is going to get her too, because she's feeling that entrapment that we all tend to feel that there has to be more than this or else. What is the point of going on? Um, which I think in, what was it? The episode before last, they were showing her desperation. Um, and like I said, that's, for me, very personal because I, I was that kid too, where I lost friends to suicide or to getting caught up in, um, things. And luckily, you know, I got out of my small town, but it hit really hard when the uncle was talking or when Willie J 
Jack's dad was talking and trying to talk about the community and how you always go back. Um, and I think that's something that is important to talk to with our kids and the next generations is to get us all interconnected um, and understanding how hard life might be right now. But if we can come together for the generations, then, you know, it's kind of worth going through all trying not to cuss. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to go back on mute because it's about to get very loud. There are motorcycles coming up the street. Those are very good points, Hallie. I really, um, I like what you said. Yeah, thanks for sharing, Haley. I wish it could have been a little more eloquent, but like I said, I'm a little distracted right now. I think you hit it right on. And I, it's, it's really tough subject to always talk about because we're all having to kind of deep reach down into our own personal experiences. And if we've had friends or family members go through that, uh, yeah, there's a little trauma um, that we all kind of see and face. Um, and so our mood is about it is kind of, you know, like we're, we're tiptoeing a bit. So it's tough. It's a tough subject, but definitely uh, needing to be discussed. Don't you think that's kind of the testament of how artfully done, like the elephant in every room, the motivation of the entire show is this suicide and they're not beating us over the head with it. Like we're going to get there. We're, we're, we're actually going to have to talk about how hurt we are, how much this loss affects us. But until that moment, we're going to show all the joyous, weird, strange, beautifulness that is us. Hot Cheetos. Well said, Mark. Come on. I'm a goddamn college-educated poet. I'm like $45,000 in debt for this shit. <laughs> you know, speaking of this, have we even touched upon when after Willie Jack says, what a white Jesus goes to her dad's room, knocks on the door, and he's asleep, and there's an arm. That's draped over Leon. Yeah, never ever talked about before, after, or since. What? So that white, that white, <laughs> that arm looks pretty, you know, not pretty brown. Sad. Are you, are you talking about episode six? This one? Yeah, the this beginning. One? Ew, I must have missed that. Huh. You did. Totally. And Willie Jack doesn't acknowledge that person either. At all. Oh, oof. Okay, so anybody want to talk about it? No? <laughs> I yeah. mean, who, who hasn't gone to their dad's room and wanted to have a convo and not really talk about the white woman in the room? <laughs> Don't you even know how to be a real Indian? Wow. Okay. <laughs> oh, wait, there was someone else in the bed? That that's what yeah. they're saying. Yes. Yeah. And there was a I, I I totally missed that. Thanks for bringing that up. I just went back and looked at it and I'm, you can see the arm. I'm gonna have to check <laughs> it out. 
Oh my gosh. You guys are silly. That is. Hey, Blue. Blue's in the room. Yeah. I'm it's probably the Confederate guy's sister. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I got a question. The doctor's sister. Was this the doctor's land? That's scary. Was he from Texas? No, no, no. Like, that was the thing about it is because the story that dad was talking about sounded exactly like the Confederate, like the doctor's story. You know what I mean? Damn, I didn't think about that. That is, that's interesting. Yeah, it, it could be because the dad mentioned that one of his ancestors owned the land originally because it sounded like it was an allotment and then he sold part of the allotment and now the Texas ranchers own it. And what's going on with this laser gent printer? Like it's so important to Leon. <laughs> I think it's just a dad thing. That's what I took it as. Ink. ink. I can identify with it. That ink looks expensive. I think someone did an analysis of the most in cost, costly fluids on the planet. And it was like human blood, snake venom, and then printer ink. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. If it's a laser jet, those cartridges run around $300 per cartridge. Oh, God, yeah. Yep. It was obviously an inkjet, a black and white, an older model. All right, so did we just bypass the uh, the arm in the bed scene? None of I, us saw it, so I, I, I don't know what we yeah. should say more about. That's crazy, you guys. <laughs> I'm going, I'm rewinding and then pausing and seeing if I can yeah. see You're not it. hearing I'm the cussing. Trying to pause yeah. every second of it. Play, play it back, Shirley. I can't relate. My parents have been married for 56 years. Oh, look who had a fucking stable childhood. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I bet you had cable television. I, I'm, a flex, I'm a flex oh, on that go ahead, one. Go ahead. <laughs> the floor is yours. I'm a flex on that. And I've been married 20. Woo! So, boom. Also had sheetrock in the home. <laughs> but the, the, the lighting in the room is purposeful. It's meant to so that you can't see who she is. Or the other person is. Well, that's why Willie Jack was so persistent on going, because she wanted to get her dad to spend some time with her. And he was like, uh, I don't want to go. Too early. And once he got there, uh, we should have been here earlier. Like, like, as if there was some other force other than him that prevented that. Well, actually, he didn't want to go because he had saw the uh, tall man previously when he was laying out the right. sequin. And so he was scared. Yeah. He wasn't so much about – he explains it later in the in the uh, scene that he tells the story of seeing the tall man. And that's when we see um, the tall man again, you know. Is no, it my imagination? Tracy. Sorry, Grace, for talking over you. Go ahead. No, Tracy just always has a response to me. Because you didn't want the white lady um, well, there's light skin monopolizing, monopolizing all the time. You don't know if the, the person is a light-skinned Indian or just uh, a white woman, you know? It's not clear. 
but I, I just texted Sterling saying, is that a white woman or a light-skinned Indian? <laughs> so we'll see. I'm going to have to replay that part. Replay it, Charlie, so we can all see. Sure, I'll replay it. You, if you do, if you pause slowly <laughs> enough, you can make out a face, a face too. What's she look like? Dum, dum, dum. I mean, her face looks round, but that doesn't really tell us anything. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Becky, look at her butt. Also, I was not impressed with the tall man being five foot six. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, PTR and you'll see the arm. It wasn't a tall man. It was a guy in a gully suit with uh, night vision goggles. Yeah. Oh, I see. (laughs) If you're going to give me a tall man, he needs to be over seven feet at the least. So he's a, he's the hunter then with the night goggles. That's even creepier than the tall man. I'd rather have a spirit come like spying on me rather than some dude who's like tacked out with NVGs that glow in the dark. Is that kind of like Friday the Thirteenth ish, Jason? Yeah, it's Just... it's pretty terrifying. The first time I ever heard of the tall man, I was really little, and my uncle, who um, he was alcoholic, dealt with alcoholism his whole life, and so half the time talking with him, he was drunk, and he was just telling us, he came home, and all buzzed up, and just told us a story about how he was passed out on the couch over at the house he was at. He was on the, he was upstairs though. He was laying down upstairs and he said he woke up and looked out the window and he said, I saw that tall man. I saw the tall man. He was looking at me. <laughs> and we were all like, what, what, a what a tall man, <laughs> you know, that it just, it scared us so much because we were real little, but I never heard that before. I didn't know anything about that. And he was just like, he was looking at me and and I was upstairs. That's how tall he was. <laughs> and we just, we were just so scared of that, you know. And but I never heard anything more about that, you know, this quote unquote tall man. That's the only time I ever really heard of him described as that. Otherwise, like the spiritual, you know, word for Sasquatch is like a Meshkwaki word, which is wild man, like timber man or like out in the wild, out in the woods, woods man or wild man. That's the name for him. So I don't know if it's the same thing because I don't know. I don't think they're the same height, but they're both really tall. Yeah, way taller than the thing with red eyes. So I just opened up this Southern fable book and it lists the hairy man. And the picture that they have is similar to the picture. I mean, to the scene in the show. Or maybe there was a shortage in tall extras. Well, I mean, in Oklahoma, I can kind of see that, yeah. Do you guys remember the, um, what were the three professions that Willie Jack envisioned herself if she moved to L.A.? 
MMA fighter, chef, but I forgot the third just now. Dog whisperer. Right. Isn't that something? Like the imagination of these youth, they just they're they're hungry to do something and anywhere else would be better than where they are. Oh. The the funny thing about the MMA fighter is that Mark Wayne Mullen, who's a member of Congress, that was his career before he joined Congress, and then uh, Sharice Davids also was an MMA fighter. I know Sharice. She wasn't a very like she was a really talented uh, BJJ practitioner, but she didn't have a winning career as a. We all were rooting for her though. I'm afraid to step in a ring with her. I mean, I wouldn't. She got some good kicks. She probably kicked me in the head. If only had that rocky music. I think that's the career path. I think that's what we should tell all of our young people. Go beat people up in the ring. Become a a fighter and then run for Congress. I think that is a clear... (laughs) We've now created the path. Yeah, and, there, and there's there another go. guy, Wes No Fire, who's on the Cherokee Nation Council. He's also a fighter. That's what I'm saying. Start on like, like, bend and scoop. Start on strawberries. Work your way up to bananas. Over here in Iowa, MMA fighting, cage fighting has been legal like all these years. And so we actually have a lot of Meskwaki MMA fighters. And so... It was like a thing when I was in my 20s, that was the thing to do is go to the fights and watch all the Indians get in the cage and beat everybody up. <laughs> they usually won. I mean, it's it actually, Indians make good fighters. And uh, it's especially good when, well, it, it doesn't start out good, but when you get like a, with a really racist non-Indian in the ring and they start making fun of people with like fake shitty war hoops and stuff and then and then the Indian kicks their ass it's like the greatest feeling ever watching watching those fights play out or some of the like the best fights I've ever seen because you know what the person deserved it that's what you get for being a racist ass and watching that kind of person get their ass beat is so gratifying it's like when Kobe Covington got his jaw broken in two places by Carmaro Usman it's like that's what happens that's what happens when you fuck around. Hey everyone, I hope you're enjoying this episode so far of the uh, Reservation Dogs recap. Um, Charlie Francis, she paid, she played an uh, episode clip of of what happened that night in the woods in the opening scene, and uh, um, with um, the Willie Jack's dad and what he saw in the forest. So. We're going to continue with the rest of the episode recap. I hope you're enjoying this. We're going to be doing this for the next couple episodes. And looking forward to season number two. Thanks. 
Okay. So I was thinking about that scene because, you know, we're trying to figure out if this figure really is the tall man that he sees. But I keep trying to figure out where the turkey comes in. So maybe what if Daniel's actually the spirit of the turkey? And because of the the way he decided to change his life and went through suicide in some beliefs, isn't that like you're going to have to start all over at a lower form of life? And maybe that's what the turkey represents. No, I think it was him just hanging on. Like, I'm going to go annoy you and mess up your deer hunting trip yet again. No, what I'm saying is, is he the tall man figure or is he the turkey now? Oh, the spirit the of Daniel. Totally the turkey. Right. That's what I was thinking. So that's why they didn't kill the turkey. Because I was like, um, why don't you eat the turkey? I know. Why don't you that's the what we said. <laughs> Me and my wife should shoot the turkey. turkey. Right, right, right. But also, I like Leon. is like, ah, oh, these guys are poachers. I mean, poachers. yeah, we are poaching as well. But I mean, they're really poaching. The other Not kind like of us. poachers. I totally missed that. Uh, but I did see, I was going back to the funeral scene or the cemetery scene with the spirit houses. And it does uh, say Daniel Johnson was his name. Did we ever know his full name before that? I don't, don't think so. Yeah, there's a little placard or sign that says Daniel Johnson, and he was 15 years old. Grave singing people, Laura You know, Danny. thinking about what you guys were saying, I think that if you think about how the film or the, the scenes were were um, phrased and how they were set up, you could easily say and argue that the deer represented a spirit in a way that could represent a tall tale, you know, something that got away, something because it sounded like they were at it for some time to get this chunk dare you know and that turkey is kind of like a trickster like mark said you know it was there to annoy um them it was creeping around scaring the other animals in the you know and that that hunt so in a way just like danielle acted out could you know he could be very well be that turkey we have that similar i think it was shirley that just said something about when you leave this life and I don't know, you have to come back as something, some other form for, for something you did in this lifetime. We have some beliefs similar to that. And uh, one of them is if you were a liar in your life, you'll come back as a frog. I think that's pretty funny. Um, one of my grandmas told my mom, she said, if you ever see a big fat frog with two braids, you know who that one's going to be. <laughs> it was a particular person we had in mind. Yolanda, don't be kissing no frogs. Or chasing waterfalls, from what I hear. Don't go chasing waterfalls. <laughs> That's a good one, Mark. <laughs> and also, Daniel's not tall, and Mark, you were complaining about the height, so feel the same height. 
So the opening scene with the the figure could be tall man, but he's he's he doesn't hit the tall requirement. Could be a hunter. The turkey could be Daniel. The, the tall man showed up before Daniel was gone, and the turkey showed up after. And in my way, um. You know, the tall man, like, I know the Anishinaabe call him, like, Chie, like, older brother, big brother. And in our way, he's, like, definitely, like, Waka. And that can mean terrifying, um, a messenger. Or, you know, a harbinger of death is not out of the question for the tall man in, in my way, Lakota way. Well, when I went down the sci-fi rabbit hole, <laughs> I found uh, an article where some tribes, this figure was born out of all the suicide that was happening. So that was an interesting take. Ah, suicide spirit. Oh my God, that's not even... Not so much a suicide spirit, just that all that pain created something... So did we cover everything? I think. Yeah, I was about to uh I think we covered everything unless anyone wants to share anything about the episode. I'm curious to see what episode 7, Alora. Alora, did I I always mess up her name too. Alora Dannen. Alora. Oh, Pete, that was that was to see Pete. <laughs> oh, Alora Dannen. I think they're going to do her piece next episode. I think everybody who is currently up here needs to watch Willow. What's Willow? Just so we get the names right. <laughs> I'm what? having a dyslexic issue here. Let me see. What What is Willow? Don't Don't hate me. Let me. Let me <laughs> Willow, I'm good. <laughs> let me Let me Google it. Willow movie. I don't, so there's there. There's three. A, there's three Willow main Willow references that I've seen so far. Willow, actually four. Okay. Um, one, Alora Dannon, and whenever Alora introduce reintroduces herself to Uncle, he says, "Well, I'm Mad Mardigan, who's Val Kilmer, a very sexy Val Kilmer from Willow." And when they, <laughs> Nia's all fired up. When they, uh, <laughs> when they go to the junk shop. It says Burglecut, and Burglecut is the town crier from Willow. And also, Willow is a little person, and they have two little the, – the twins, the, the, the rapping twins. So it's like reference on reference on reference. And I think we're going to see, if not more, Willow references going forward. That's Good on my music, watch like excellent soundtrack. I mean, there's cross-dressing, there's dragons. What more do you want? Is the next um, figure that will be highlighted, do you think, is Alora Denon? Because I think episode four was uh, Bear. Episode five is Cheese. Episode six is Lily Jack. I'm going to say that 
seven focuses on the Lord Dan and, and then eight is like the cliffhanger going into Daniel season two. Kind of like who shot JR in Dallas. God, it's an old reference. I, I, okay. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's a little bit of a cop out if that's Bear's episode. You think? I thought three with Uncle Brownie was. No, never mind. Yeah. Wait, his name's Brownie? Uncle Brownie, yeah. yes. All right. Uh, Willow reference five. The brownies, brownies were like the the brownies were like the tiny tiny little people. They're like uh, t- like a three inch tall gnomes. They kill mouses and wear their hides as robes. And and for some reason have French accents. Like did very. You say, did you say mouses? Kind of public school did you go to? Are we about to have an altercation? <laughs> Mouses. <laughs> I need to watch this movie. Mark Mouse. <laughs> I can't stop <laughs> Breathe. Hey, and Mark says Mises instead of Mooses. <laughs> I can't stop. That's hilarious. <laughs> if you're not a fan of fantasy, however, he will not. It's just, it's just been These so conversations long. conversations are so good, like <laughs> unpeeling, unpeeling the layers of these episodes. And I really love um, if this young man, this brother did um, die by suicide. I really love the fact that they're showing the humanity of the people. Well, it, you know, in, in the um, storyline, I think that's very important. I think somebody else said that, too. But I think that's the beautiful aspect of the show. The last funeral I went to was five years ago, and it was my nephew who uh, lost his life to suicide. And that was the anniversary was uh, day before yesterday. So, like the episode dropping on the anniversary was like <clears throat> kind of on the nose for me. And I love the show that they like. They don't shy away. Because it's almost like if they didn't bring it up, it was like, you guys are ignoring the elephant in the room. And that's not what this show's doing. It's not what they're about. It's not their goal. I love it. Sending you love, Mark. I know that was probably heavy for it to come out on the same day. I know that had to be heavy. Go make your own den. Go make your. By own the way, den. I know this isn't this is an episode five question, not an episode six. But like, did you think Burgle Cut stole Uncle like West Duty's book, or did he lie and that was a coincidence? I think he dropped it while he was stealing the copper from Burgle Cut. Oh, and that, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, right. To make those little things that we can't talk about because they hear us through Clubhouse. Gotta be quiet. 
also like the like the accent like the eccentric artist dude who's kind of into crystal magic is totally a res thing <laughs> like that fucking weirdo uncle that's that is i know a guy is that the guy at the end in the bar no west duty oh i was thinking about oh wait is that episode five you know where uh willie jack has the hair no that's yeah. the three and that guy at the end as well, you know, let me see it. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll do some dark magic. I don't give a shit. What do you say? I think I'll, I'll see what I can do. Hey, Mark, when you think about Willow, right, you're thinking about imagination. You're thinking about myths and magic. You're thinking about where dreams and reality are like almost, you know, imaginable. And you take this script that was written right and how they're putting things together so now you have dear woman which is brought out to you know a cultural thing brought out to all of america you know i'm sure people are like freaking out it's like how the hell does she have hooves and you know doing these um magical things of keeping the people safe and you know killing the bad guys essentially right and you have these two uh rapping um Little people who are just spitting rhythms and rhymes, right? Kind of like what the the brownies do in Willow. And you think about like this, just this idea of imagination. What could Native America look like, right? In, in comparison to Willow, it was just a tall tale to think about how you place that side by side. And, and I think that you know what Sterling's doing, and the rest of the team, um, you know, in terms of like creating an adventure because you guys are all thinking of these different ideas of what could be, what could come. And, you know, we haven't seen the actual um, dark side, right? In Willow, you had, uh, what was her name? Mad Morga or whatever, the evil queen. And we haven't seen that yet, right? In a sense, you can think, you can equate that to, you know, this idea of suicide and how things will turn out. Or just the idea of progress, or not progress, but life away from the res, right? And the whole point was to get the baby back to the Daikini world, right? <laughs> and so in a sense, you know, um, Willow, or Willie Jack says, you know, the reason why everybody wants to leave the res is because they don't want to end up like Gabriel. And, and they make this idea of, or this connection that the res took this kid, Gabriel, right? Much like it's going to change. Daniel, isn't it? Isn't his name Daniel? Oh, yeah, Daniel, yeah. I was thinking Gabriel. Um, but, yeah, you're right, Daniel. How it took Daniel and making all these little connections. And so when you watch the film Willow, you think about the whole storyline. And I think it's um, it's genius to write this script out, <laughs> you know, to put it right next to something like Willow. And you think about the characters who are developing, right? Um, you think of West Duty's character. Who in that um, Willow could be West Duty? In a sense, it would probably be. Um, it would probably be. Uh, I'm I'm thinking, like he's supposed to be magical. He's supposed to be, you know, that mad the, Martin, the, the, the the white witch, um, the one they transform. There you go. I mean, because. It's kind of funny that you get, and I'm not saying anything about in you know him being a drunk or whatever, but he was spitting out some 
some, uh, what was he talking about? Relativity? Theory. Or relati- theory. What is it? String theory. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, quantum, quantum mechanics. Quantum mechanics, yeah. And so that's pretty cool. And so you think about that idea of quantum mechanics as being, you know, something that a lot of people still think as imagination. It hasn't been proven. It hasn't been this. But um, you think Oh, about- by the way, I can actually kind of, I can, you can make them argument. Remember... Uh, remember the army that passes Mad Mordigan when he's in the crow uh-huh. cage? Uh-huh. Big is that sergeant. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? And yeah. so you think about you think about the whole film, oh, the whole shoot. plot of Willow. It's just playing out in different ways, right? You're right. Big is like it, it could be. I and I can't remember his name. Wasn't it like uh Oh, man. What is the name of that general? But it doesn't matter at this point. I'll look it up real quick. Yeah. And so you think about it, right? You think about the characters. You think of a Laura Dannon, right? She's the baby. In a sense, you know, who is Willow Ufgood? Is that is that Daniel? Is that, um, you know, you think about, what's his buddy's name? Migosh. Who is Migosh? Migosh would probably be, in a sense, would probably be uh, Cheese, and you think about the other Oh, characters. yeah, like the, the, the dependable, <laughs> the reliable, the brave. Exactly. And he's always there. And he's smart. And and the, and the funny thing, like, you know, what we noticed, if you, because we watched all the episodes back and forth. And I know how many times uh, Willie Jack says fuck, right? We counted it, every single one. And that was kind of funny. And it's a, it's a number that you wouldn't think um, would be, you know, there's like so many times you can say the F word. Right. And there's there's uh, several other movies that have that same twist. And if you, anybody here can tell me what other films have that many times the F word is said or thrown out in this way. And that's the brilliance of, you know, Harjo. And you think about you think about Reservoir Dogs and that's a hint, hint. Tell us the number, Tracy. Next time. AC, we'll save it for next week. Eric Thawbear, forgettable ass fantasy name, was the name of the general from Willow that Biggs is the corollary for. So Willow follows a very much uh, a hero's journey because it's based on like the Lucas film universe of telling story, which is based off the hero of a thousand faces. Yeah, everybody needs to go watch Willow if you haven't watched Willow yet. And then just think about, um, like you said, Burgle Cut. You know, Burgle Cut's a tax collector in Willow. And you think about that uh, yard, that junkyard where they're just collecting taxes and different things, you know, like stealing, you know, different, I guess, sources of wealth. Also, Willow, Willie Jack. Maybe this actually isn't Bear's story. Maybe this is actually Willie's story. And they're all doing us a double bluff. But we're going to be wrapping it up. Um, it's jo- oh, wait, 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 Pete. I Joseph wanna... Campbell? You never read Joseph Campbell back in college? What's college? <laughs> Sorry. It's where they say mouses. <laughs> oh, no. Perfect. Wait, wrong one.
I actually don't need to hang out for this kind of abuse. I actually have other things to do with my life. <laughs> don't you even know how to be a real Indian? But no, seriously, we got to wrap it up. I want to keep it under two hours because I am going to post this on the podcast. Except that part about Willow and all these weird things. So I have no idea what that means. No, I'll keep it. Just kidding. Let me dismiss this. All right. All right. We're going to end this room. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you again next week for episode seven. I still don't know the title, but I'm looking forward to it. And uh, thank you, Nia, AC, Shirley, Yolanda, Blue. Hope you can be moderators for the next one. I think I already, yeah, I think I already made the room. So again, enjoy the conversation. Hi, Marina. Sorry, we're ending the room. Did you want to say something really quick before we close out? No, it's okay. I just want to say hi. <laughs> I'll join the other room. <laughs> cool. All right. We'll see you guys again. Um, sorry, we had to end it. Well, you know, we want. It was a good conversation. Two hours. So, thank you, everyone. We'll end the room in five, four, three. Thanks, yeah. Thanks everyone. See y'all. Hope good you enjoyed night. it. Bye, everyone. Bye.